chapter 10. We're going to be in chapter 10 this morning. Welcome to the broadcast on this beautiful, sunny Monday morning here in Queen City, Texas. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in my office. Glad to be back from a little, a uh, few days off there with the family and just had a great and marvelous time. And uh, we're doing what I like to do the most of all things today is study the Word of God and share the Word of God and to just enjoy uh, the presence of God. And uh, it is the most fabulous thing that exists on the planet today. The Word of God, the Spirit of God, the movement of the Spirit, the focus and the direction that He's offering His people today, which is again today, the look upon that beautiful masterpiece of God, which is who His Son, Jesus Christ, is, and what His Son, Jesus Christ, did as the Lamb of God on Calvary's cross. That is what we see when we look into the Word of God, the majestic glory and splendor of God found all in Christ Jesus and His work on the cross. And I'm glad to be with you today. Today's a special day. We'll begin chapter 10 today. And uh, part one, on this last day of February 2022, this could be the last day of this age as we know it. Jesus is about to step out and call his bride home. And uh, th th that is coming at any moment, but we're just going to keep pressing ahead while we wait upon him, our husband, to come and get us. Hallelujah. And uh, so let's dig into the Word of God this morning as I'm sure the Holy Spirit that was sent to us to glorify Christ as He reveals the truth of Christ and guides us in that truth will surely be faithful to do for those today who have ears to hear. Let's dig into the Word of God because He's faithful. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 1, For the law having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. Now, I'm going to read just a few words in that Bible verse to try to stress a point here this morning, and that is the law can never with those sacrifices make the comers thereunto perfect. Did you get that? Those words are in that Bible verse. Let me read those words again to you today. The law can never with those sacrifices make the comers thereunto perfect. And we have already seen in this great letter of Hebrews in chapter 7 that because there was a changing of the priesthood, there was of a necessity also for the law to be changed. And we're no longer under the law of Moses and, <coughs> excuse me, the law of rites and ceremonies, rituals and feasts. Uh, all those, those things will always be important to God and have some attachment to the fullness of the new covenant that we are experiencing today as God's people. That is, those who are truly walking with their faith in Calvary's cross. For outside of that, there is no experience of the new covenant and its benefits. But 
So let's read those words again. The law can never with those old covenant sacrifices make the comers thereunto perfect. So what happened in the old covenant could never make the, the, the people of God under the old covenant perfect. Let's read the whole verse again now. And, and, and we read these things over and over because I know how dense we are. And those of you who don't really think you're that dense, well, unfortunately, you might be a little more dense than the others because God's words are eternal. And that means they have an eternal significance. That means they are eternally worthy of instruction in righteousness. That means you can read it a thousand times and benefit from it by the power and the impartation of the Holy Spirit a thousand times because it is eternal with eternal power, eternal vision, eternal benefits, the Word of God. And, you know, I'm, I, I know we're all guilty of this, but because we've heard a certain passage of Scripture many times when the preacher says, open your Bibles this morning or this evening to chapter and verse, and then we just kind of, even if it's nonchalant, and not consciously, only with our subconscious, maybe we just kind of start filing our fingernails or say, well, I've heard that a hundred times, you know, and let me say it again. God's word is eternal. It holds eternal power. That means this day and a thousand days from now, it is eternal word of life. It is eternal power power. It is guidance and, and, and there is no end. There is no limit of what God can do even in one Bible verse because we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So let's read verse 1 again. For the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things that are coming, not the image, only a shadow, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. Let's read on so we can get more of the meat of this. For then they would not have ceased to be offered if they made the people of God perfect, and that's talking about, and we'll see it here, uh, perfect as far as uh, guilty conscience being gone because of sins. We'll see that. For then they would not have ceased to be offered if they made the participants perfect, because that the worshipers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. Now you have to be careful with this because if you read this and you don't really study the Word of God in the context of the cross of Christ, you might be confused and always understand God's not the author of confusion. The Word tells us that. That means the Word of God is God's words. He, he authored His Word. He's the author of His Word. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. And therefore, if we're confused, it's not coming 
from anything God is offering. It's coming from the hogwash and the, all the other things that are entangled in what we're trying to believe and what the Lord's trying to show us. So he's not the author of confusion. If we're confused, he, he's not causing the confusion. It's everything else that's causing the confusion. Understand that. So let's read this again. For then would they not have stopped being offered because the worshipers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. So conscience of sins is talking about the guilt of sins. See, the guilty conscience is here spoken of and related to not becoming perfect. Get that today. Not becoming perfect is related to guilty conscience for sins and, 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 and knowing that there's got to be more bloodshed under the old covenant, more bloodshed uh, to cover over these sins and, and, and watch. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. And, and you and I, although we do sin and we are conscious of m most of the sins that we sin, uh, we are conscious of that. I, I, I sin. I know I've sinned. If that's not the case, I wouldn't know that I needed to repent. So that right there alone confirms he's talking about when he says, they should have had no more conscience of sins it means they would have had no more guilty conscience of sins because uh, they their conscience was never not guilty of sins because they knew when they offered they would surely be offering again so but in those sacrifices verse 3 there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. Every year. And they knew when they offered uh, the blood and the high priest offered that blood for himself and the whole nation on the Day of Atonement in Israel that again the next year at this same time because they were guilty of sin, that blood would have to be offered again. And, and so, but I want to back up for a moment this morning and look at verse 10 because uh, it, it's something very, very important that we'll see here today. For the law only has a shadow of good things to come. Our Lord does not walk in any shadows. Our Lord does not walk in shadows. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 through 9, the Bible tells us that if we walk in the light as he is in the light. Now, we know he is the light, but the Bible says he walks in light. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we shall have fellowship one with another. Now, get that. Our Lord no longer walks in the places where he once walked among Israel before the cross of Christ in shadows of good things to come. He walked with Israel. He uh, was with Israel. He, he gave them all the laws, the prophets, the Psalms, and the victories that they had. He put them in bondage when they rejected him and pushed him away because that's the, uh, the always the, the reaping of pushing God out is bondage. And it is the, the, the bondage always 
uh, exist, when we push out the truth of the cross, we're automatically in bondage no matter how pretty the devil and our flesh paints it up to look good on the outside. Most of what is deceitful and deceptive today that we call virtues is really nothing more than selfish pride. But the church, we've become very professional in painting up and making a, a, a selfish pride look like virtues, like we're really walking with God. And we have this great picture of form, but for the most part, we deny the power of God. And we need to realize that. We need to come back to a place of repentance because the law only has a shadow of good things to come. And a lot of the church today is being deceitfully deceived by their own flesh, not false prophets. They play a part in it, but it's our lustful flesh that we're deceitfully deceived by, and we start dabbling back in... For one thing, this move of the enemy in our own rotten, rotting flesh uh, called the Hebraic Roots Movement, where we, uh, not me, but I, I was in worse than that probably. But the movement is that you start wearing the prayer shawl and, oh yes, we're, oh yes, we're doing it all for the glory of Christ and we're doing it all to make us think of Christ. But God hasn't given you those things to function in and to play around with. That's not your covenant. <laughs> That's not your covenant. And the more you play around with those things, the more you're only playing around with shadows and the Lord doesn't participate in the shadows of good things to come. He participates in the light of Jesus Christ who has come. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Glory to Jesus. The Lord came to redeem us from the curse of the law. Out from under it he redeems us. Hallelujah. He doesn't come in and play around with us under the law. That has been put away as we'll see in this very chapter and the second, the new, and the final covenant is, has been established and it's being established now in the hearts of God's people by grace in righteousness exclusively not in the dabbling of anything that was a shadow. The reason everything was a shadow, and, and hear me very carefully, I've given this illustration so many times, and it's so important that you understand this. All the light that has ever shined from heaven has shined upon the cross of Jesus Christ. We'll say this is the cross of Jesus Christ. All the light of heaven has always shined upon that. From in the beginning to the very last jot and tittle that we read in our book of Revelation, all the light of God has shined on and through the cross of Christ, making behind it under the old covenant all those years, everything that happened behind the cross, shadows of good things that would come in the light. Hallelujah. So we need to understand that behind the cross is only shadows of good things to come. Don't dabble in the law. Look at it, yes. Understand that what was type and shadow then is now been revealed only through the cross in Christ Jesus. Only. 
The only revelation you and I should be receiving from the Holy Spirit, the only one he will offer of anything in the past, from Genesis to Malachi, those old covenant writings, the only thing he will offer you and me today is the truth that's found in the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you understand that today. He's not and will not ever try to bring you that are in the new covenant into something of the old. The fullness of all of the old is only found in the person and the work, meaning the cross, the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. He won't guide you into a prayer shawl movement. He won't guide you into any purpose-driven celebrate recovery. He will guide you to the cross if you will allow him. He will guide you through every word that he's ever spoken in that righteousness that was provided for you at Calvary. That's all he will establish you in, Isaiah 54 and 14. That's all he will guide you in is truth, and that truth is what shows us his righteousness, Proverbs 12 and 17. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. There is no righteousness seen or a path of that righteousness walked in unless we're hearing truth. And truth is a man named Jesus and what he did at Calvary. What was declared as God's righteousness was declared from Calvary's cross, Romans 3, 25 and 26. Read that. Write these things down and quit just listening and agreeing and shaking your head, amen, with everything everyone is saying. Come back to the cross, stay at the cross, and you will find, my friend, the place where God adds to that hearing, for there is no hearing outside of that place. You began hearing when you believed the gospel. You will continue hearing when you continue with your faith in the gospel. That means the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, but mainly his death because that's where you were united with him, planted together with him, justified by his blood, hallelujah, and that place of death is what you and I as God's people are being being made conformable unto. Philippians 3 to you, never forget that. Don't start dabbling back under the old because if you do, you're dabbling in a place where you won't find the Lord walking and anything you're calling the Lord under the old in the shadows is make-believe and only form. Only form. The power of the new covenant is in the blood of Jesus, not any type of form under the old. I hope somebody's being helped today, for I know the Lord's helping me. Hallelujah. Watch now. Let's read verse 1 again. I don't want to fly through this when the Lord's got a bucket load of blessing today for those who simply have ears to hear the truth. Truth liberates. Truth gives eyes to see more truth and more liberty, more of the glorious liberty. The Bible calls it in Romans 8 and 21, glorious liberty. That means it's tied to Jesus because he's the brightness of God's glory. Hallelujah. Hebrews 1 and 3, and he is our 
king of glory, Psalms 24. So he is the one who has offered us this liberating glory, this glorious liberty. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Watch now Hebrews 10 in verse 1. For the law having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices under the old covenant, which they offered year by year, continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered if they would have made them perfect. Because that the worshipers once purged, meaning cleansed, should have had no more need, should have, they would have had no more guilty conscience of sins. They would have known it was, <clears throat> listen, like we know, Christ died once, a perfect death, a perfect sacrifice, because all men are dead in sins when they get here and appointed once to die, as we read in the last chapter. That's really why Christ did and will only die one time. Because he died in all men's place that were dead in sins, appointed unto that one death. But he won't die again for those who reject him and what he did in death on the cross. He won't die again for those found in the second death which is the eternal death without any help, hope, or promises or anything from God. It's all wrapped up in what God did in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as the Lamb of God by the power of the Holy Spirit on that one day, on that one hill called Calvary, in that one moment in time. Everything in all of God's dealings with all of humanity will always be wrapped around that one moment, that one few hour period there on that one day. We need to come back to the cross and be focused on the cross because it is God's masterpiece. If you're reading or studying the Word of God or listening to a minister that's ministering to you and outside of the context of what happened on Calvary's Hill, you are not hearing properly what you should be and could be hearing. I'm sorry that it's 90% or higher who are not related the Word of God to the one who is the living Word of God and what he did on Calvary's hill as the Lamb of God. I'm sorry that we've been deceitfully duped and we can't blame just false prophets. They're a dime a dozen. Hirelings are a dime a dozen. We, it's our own stinking lustful flesh that wants to serve God in our own way, in our own time and do what we want to with the Bible. But we have to come back to the cross, look only unto the cross of Christ to find the beauty of God's holiness, His righteousness, and all that He offers us will only be seen and experienced there. And without the view of that, the experience of that, 
there can be no expression of our Christ, and that is why we're on the earth today. Most Christians would hear a statement like that and disagree with it. There are even preachers that say that are saying you can grow without knowing that your faith has to be in the cross of Christ. And, and they can make it sound oh so ever clever and right and good. And because we value and exalt men instead of the truth of God's word, our own lustful flesh go after not really truth but men. And we have to be very careful with all that. Verse 2 again. For when then would they not have ceased to be offered? Because that the worshipers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. Again, that's guilty conscience. But they kept a guilty conscience because... In those sacrifices, verse 3, there is again a remembrance made of sins every year. And that is the guilt of their sins. That not just guilty because I committed a sin, but, but the guilt that is there, the wrath that is there to some degree, because when they died, they couldn't even go to heaven. The, the animals and the blood of animals the sacrifice of animals were temporary. The place of holding was temporary. It's called, the, it's called paradise or Abraham's bosom. They couldn't even go to heaven when they died because there was never a perfecting under the old covenant. Don't start dabbling under shadows and types because under shadows and types, there's only images of what could be, what was promised. Not the very image, verse 1 says, of those things. Listen, you go back under law and start dabbling with anything under the law and you're playing around in the shadows. And remember, the cross of Jesus Christ is what produced all the shadows. But it's, that's only the shadows. Those are only shadows. He walks in the light and, and offers all to walk in the light as he is in the light. Today, again, 1 John 1, 7 through 9. Watch this verse 3 again. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. Look at verse 4. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. There you have it. <clears throat> there you have it. See, this Hebraic roots movement, they go back in, 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 in the church, in this big segments, big numbers are going back and dabbling in these things. And, and of course, their, their hearts are deceitfully, uh, deceptively, just... just causing them to go wayward away from the sacrifice of Christ. And, and I know that that's not really what they're trusting in because if it was, they wouldn't be doing all these things or, or feeling the, the necessity to do all these things. And they're not doing it for a broader picture of Christ and what he did at Calvary. They might even say they are. But listen, the cross is enough. The cross is enough. It's so perfect and complete and wonderful and beautiful in the eyes of God that it, that it took care of every man's, every man's sin and imperfection. 
It took care of even when we are growing weary and feel like we're about to faint. The Bible says in Hebrews, uh, consider the one that endured such contradiction of sinners. When you're feeling weary, the cross is the answer. When you're needing power, the cross is the answer. When you're needing forgiveness, uh, strength, peace, hope, joy, whatever God offers you, he offers it through one window. And it is that window of Jesus Christ and him crucified. There is no other window out that God is offering us anything. And it's simply by faith, not in faith in a prayer shawl gets me to the benefit. No, that distracts and eliminates, hear me very carefully, these things that we feel like we have to do, eat or don't eat, and all these things. And this younger generation comes along and they're easily duped and sucked back into these things through the lusting of their own flesh. Of course, it's the same thing every generation. The young people want to be different from the generation that went before them, and they don't want to be like them. They don't want their music. They don't want, and I get that. I've been there. But there's one thing all Christians have to do, and that's have faith. And it's this like precious faith, Peter said. If you start moving away from this faith, then you've moved away from God and it only becomes presumptuous and assumptions and vain glory, vain imagination where we think we're drawing closer while we're moving farther away. Come back to the cross. Never leave there. And stop listening to all the words that sound right and good and make you feel good. But listen to those words of God that the Holy Spirit uses to point you to Calvary's cross. And there, my friend, you'll find that your hearing is being increased by the power of God. And the benefits of that covenant are being increased in your life. Hallelujah. It's good to be back with you today. And I'm excited about what we're going to see in this 10th chapter of Hebrews. It is wonderful truths of our God that we live by. So be sure and tune in with us every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time where we'll dig into this Old Path Bible study in this 10th chapter of Hebrews. God bless you. We love you. Don't forget to pray for us as the time draws closer and closer to the end of this age. Uh, there will be criticism and much persecution upon those that preached the message, Noah preached the message that Paul preached, but we will remain in this avenue, this path of righteousness by the grace of God. Hallelujah. If God stirs your heart to give to this ministry, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. We love you. Till next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.